So what happens when you combine my insane curiosity with some of the world's most interesting people? You end up with incredible conversations full of stories, insights, and the defining moment that made them who they are today. This is The David Spizak Show. today about maximizing profitability. But before I do, first and foremost, I want to thank you for taking the time to join me. I appreciate you trusting me with your time. I take it seriously. And my intention as always is to deliver as much value as I possibly can. So this is a very important topic. Why? Well, because simply put, the world is changing. And that world includes our world, includes retail automotive. Now, Some things tend to be more nuanced in nature and some things seem to be a little bit of a punch in the face. So for example, if you were to go back just one year ago, one year ago, and you were to look at inventory from say last June or July compared to the June or July of 2021, you would have seen that our new car inventory was down by 66%, 66%. But if you look just one year later, our inventory is up by about 95% across the board. Now, it's important that I call out that it's not equal. It's not level across all franchises, all OEMs. Some are more challenged than others, and some tend to be taking more of a Rolex type of an approach where they don't necessarily put the watches out for sale. They would rather subscribe to the one-too-few approach than the one-too-many. Some of these franchises include Toyota, Subaru, Porsche, Lexus, Honda, for example. And by taking this approach, they're essentially putting their dealer partners in a position to where they could still have one foot in 2022. What does that mean? Well, it means because they oftentimes don't have enough vehicles. You know, when their clients come in, they're not necessarily having to eliminate the new car margin or see it drop significantly the way that we're seeing it with other brands. You've got brands on the other end of the spectrum, like Infinity or Jaguar, Buick, uh, who else? You've got uh, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, and others. And they've got more than 90-day supply. Well, think about that. That's a double whammy. At the very least, number one, if I've got more supply than I need, then that means every month I'm paying for the cost of having those vehicles there at a significantly higher interest rate than I used to. So that means my floor plan costs have gone up through the roof. Some dealers are seeing an increase in that in that floor plan cost at 6X or greater. Huge. Dollar for dollar, every single one of those is coming off of their net profit. So it's hugely impactful in the wrong way. Now, let's get back to what we're referring to. Why is this important? Well, the reason I want to touch on this particular topic, how to maximize profitability is because the way you did it a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, or 10 years ago is quite different than what you'll need to do today. And I should also mention this. If what you're doing today is kind of the same as what you did last month, last quarter, or last year, chances are pretty darn great that you're watching your net profit uh, erode before your very eyes. Each and every time you see a financial statement, we got to bring that to a, to, a, to a halt or at least slow it down as much as possible. So I'm going to start with this. I'm going to start with 
Well, the dealership business model, if you were to go back before the pandemic and you were to go back to say 2016, the average dealership in the United States had an operating income, not net profit, operating income. What's that mean? I add my profitability, not gross profit, my actual income from my new car department, used car department, parts department, service department. I put all those together at the end of the year, all the smoke clears. I say, hey, how do we do? And you did $275,000 in operational income. Now, thanks to net additions, which of course can include things like dock fees and hard packs, but the majority of this income at that time was coming from OEM money, program money. Maybe it was CSI, maybe it was CPO, how many cars you bought off lease. Maybe there were stair-step programs or a host of other things. When you add that to the mix, dealerships went from making 275 to actually making $2.1 million. Wow, big deal. Now, what's that mean? It means that approximately 87% of our actual net profit didn't come from dealership operations at all, at least not directly. It came from below the line money. And that's important because that means that since below the line money came out, which was back around 1996, 97, it started with Mercedes Benz, and now it involves pretty much every franchise. But if you go back then, nearly all the money we made was on operating income. Now, as of 2016, it was maybe 13% from operating income. What about 2017? Well, it got even more disproportionate. The dealers on average are making about a million nine ninety-eight that year in net profit, but only ninety-one thousand seven seventy-four came from operating income. That means that ninety-five percent of the net profit came from below the line money. And 2018 is where things really hit an entirely different milestone. Why? It was the first time that operating income went negative for the average dealership. Again, let's imagine we're waking up as January 2nd. We're going back to work. We get our new car, used car, service and parts managers together And we say, hey, I'm so excited. I mean, all that effort, all that work, the advertising, everything that we did, the promotion, the marketing, you know, converting leads, dealing with clients, helping them get what they want, service, sales, parts. All right, I got to know, how did it shake out? How much did we make? Well, they'd look at you and say, boss, not good news. If we put all of our efforts together, we essentially lost $13,300 and $38 over the course of the year. And you'd be going, what? I'm so sorry. I thought I must have heard you wrong. Did you say we actually, for all that work and all that effort, all that income, we only, we lost $13,000? Yeah, that's correct. But here's the good news. The good news is that below the line money, once again, saved the day. And as a result, those stores still made nearly a million four. But now, 100%, technically 101% of net profit came from below the line money. Now, why is that a problem? Well, for starters, it means that we had moved into being an industry that had become 100% beholden to and reliant on our manufacturers for us to have the profitability that we're looking for. And that's not where we want to be. And I'll tell you why. Uh, amongst other reasons, well, what if you're making a 10, 15, 25-year capital expenditure decision? You're making a decision based on a pro forma that goes out three, four, five years. But the OEM can change the terms of trade, those below-the-line programs, 
each and every year. And that can seriously change your business model. But that's not where we want to be. Now, all of a sudden, who would have thunk it? A pandemic, a pandemic that most dealers across the country would have thought was going to completely decimate their business turned out to do something quite different. It instantly right-sized inventories, new cars and used cars. We went from having way too many cars to sell to not enough customers over the previous God knows how many years to not having nearly enough cars to sell to way more customers than we could possibly serve. And that changed everything. Why? Think about this. Well, if you were to look from the Great Recession 2009 to 2019, just as an example, you had two, two profit say two pieces of your profit dynamics, your net profit, which was new car units and used car units. Those are two big elements that can impact your net profit. Well, those two things were green in a big way. We had all the cars that we could have possibly wanted. But at the same time, there was more than 24 different net profit drivers that were all turning negative. So just an example, floor plan interest, advertising costs, people costs, sales comp, mini spiffs, wholesale losses, variable fixed costs, rent. They were all going negative. They were rising every single year while our income, operating income was going down. That was the problem. And imagine, if you will, just visually. So you got profit. Here's the profit line. I got 24 muscle-bound humans that are pushing at that time, we're pushing down on my profit. And I've got these two little weaklings called new car and used car units that were desperately trying to push up. Well, we know who won. I just told you, every year our operating income went down, which culminated in a loss in 2018. Now the pandemic comes along and changes all that. And it's not just that it drove net profit through the roof. That's what everybody talks about. That's what everybody hears. That's what we all know that happened in 2020, 2021, and 2022 really happened is a fundamental shift, almost an inversion of our business model. All of a sudden, those 24 muscle-bound people that were pressing down on profit, on operating income, all of a sudden they switched sides. And now they're all pushing net profit. And those two weaklings, new cars and used cars, they now are pushing down going the other way. Why? We didn't have cars. Think about it. You had 24 things going your way, minimum. And you had two things that weren't. I don't have enough new. I don't have enough used. But it didn't matter really because we never got to the point to where it was the point of no return or even the point of diminishing return, meaning our volume never got down so low where we weren't able to take advantage of the massive increase, the massive expansion in new car margins, used car margins, F&I PVRs, gross profits, the reduction in sales comp, the elimination of minis, spiffs, bonuses, the elimination of wholesale loss, advertising expenses that turned into a credit because we weren't spending as much, floor plan expense that turned into a profit center because all of a sudden, we weren't getting enough cars and we were turning them in less than 30 days, which means that was a moneymaker. Wow. No wonder we saw such a dramatic increase. Think about this. Remember, floor plan went up about six times. Well, so did net profit. The average store is making about a million bucks. All of a sudden, by 2022, it's making 6.2, 6.5 million. Five to six times. 
we went from having way too many cars to no cars, and now we have too many again. What's that mean? Well, wait a minute, David. We don't have anything near what we used to have. You're right. If you were to go back to January 2023, believe it or not, we had 3.7, technically 3.68 million new cars in stock. But if you go before that, previous to that, we had actually hit 4 million new cars in stock. So how could we possibly be seeing this kind of a detrimental impact when all we have is 1.95? Well, perspective can be a beautiful thing depending on what side of the line you're on. Let me explain. From our perspective inside the industry, we're still woefully short. We still have far fewer cars than we used to have. It's true. About 50%, thank God. Stay tuned for that. I'll tell you why. But from a client's perspective, you remember those empty lots? All of a sudden, they're driving by and nobody has an empty lot anymore. Sure, there may be some of those brands, Honda, Lexus, Toyota, Subaru, that doesn't have a lot of availability. But on balance, the industry's got about a 53-day supply of new, and wait for it, a 47-day supply of used cars. By the way, very important, that average used car price is now around 27000 versus the Hyatt hit of 35000 versus the pre-pandemic normal price of nineteen. So again, we've gone from nineteen to thirty-five. To us, the twenty-seven thousand is a big reduction. Customers certainly are welcoming that too. But frankly, with the offset of higher interest rates, they're not really feeling the benefit because it's nowhere close to the nineteen thousand it used to be. Spoiler alert, if your average car in stock is higher than twenty-four grand and you're not a luxury car dealer, Chances are you're missing out on market share, you're missing out on gross, you're missing out on net profit. It's important you take a look at that. I'm sharing this with you because it's really important to understand a couple things. Number one, if any of you, any of you thought, well, maybe things are going to go back to the way they were, here's another spoiler alert. That's not happening, barring another pandemic of some kind or some other huge shortage of some type. But I don't expect that not anytime soon, and maybe not ever. So what does that mean? It means that we have three choices. Choice number one, do nothing. We could just keep doing what we've been doing. Here's the problem with that. Keep doing what you've been doing. I just thought of something. There used to be that saying, or there is that saying, keep doing what you're doing, you keep getting what you're getting. That doesn't apply here. Keep doing what you're doing, and you'll keep getting less every month, every quarter, every year, until you figure it out, or until external circumstances fixes that problem for you. And that's the big issue. If you do nothing, what you're really saying is, I'm relying on external circumstances rather than internal. I'm not the force of nature. I'm not. I'm the byproduct of whatever external is throwing at me. If you want to look at that, prove it out mathematically, just look at your results in 2020, 2021, and 22 compared to 2019. I'm pretty sure all of us in the business were working pretty hard and doing everything that we think that we could have done in order to affect great results. Yet, that's not what we got. Take away the OEM money, take away the below the line money, and nobody really got spectacular results. Then an external circumstance happened, pandemic, things got better. A chip shortage happened, external, things got better. Supply chain, external, things got better. 
But now, rising interest rates, higher inflation, higher gas prices, labor costs are going up, benefits costs are going up, people are having to spend more money on advertising, floor plan that used to be a credit has now gone up four, five, six times. All those things that were green and growing, that were applying positive pressure upwards on your net profit, are now all weighing down on your net profit. Option number two, do something. Better than doing nothing. But here's the problem with doing something. Doing something is like buying a lottery ticket. You might win. Life might get better. I might win enough money to go buy a six-pack of beer. I might make enough money or win enough money, I should say, to take the family on a vacation. But it's not sustainable. And I don't even know how I did it. I can't replicate it. I just can't go back and buy another scratcher every week and go, I'll keep doing that over and over again. Life just doesn't work that way. The good news is if you do something, at least you're moving in the right direction. At least you've made a choice to try to move things in a positive direction. I believe that if you do something, at least some of the time, some of those 24 profit drivers may just turn green. May not be sustainable, but at least at some point, you'll get them turned in the right direction. The third choice is obvious. Do the right things. Do the right things. Do the right things today and every day. Whether there's a pandemic or not, chip shortage or not, 20% interest rates, 5% interest rates, doesn't matter. When I got in the business, and this isn't one of those stories, hey, when I was your age, I walked to school. It was uphill both directions in the snow, even in the summertime. I used to get beaten all the way too, and people would take my candy. It's not one of those stories, man. But the reality is, listen, if you do something, you're having a positive impact. But I want you to do the right thing. You want to do the right things. You want your managers and your associates to do the right things. No? Ask yourself this. You want to point out the clients that you don't care they do the right thing with? You want to point out the lead you don't care if they handle the right way? You want to point out the car doesn't matter if they fix it the right way? Come on, you want the right things done each and every single day. You need that more than ever. But remember, the tree dies from the top. Speed of the troops is the speed of the leader. As you go, they go. Which means right now, being a great manager is is not enough. You need to be a great manager and a great leader. So what are some of those right things? Well, for example, one of them is you got to start applying pressure. Apply pressure to your team in the form of higher expectations. Just showing up isn't going to get it done anymore, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to have a plan. We have to be intentional. We have to be purposeful. We have to have accountability and transparency. We have to hold ourselves accountable every day to do the things we know we must do to be successful. What else do you have to do? You got to know your numbers. If you or anybody on your team doesn't know their numbers, I promise you, you've got massive opportunity to get better. And there's so many other things that you could be doing. We could be paying more attention to how many appraisals we get compared to how many write-ups. Forget just paying attention to look to book. How many cars did you take in versus the appraisals? Yeah, that's fine. You really want to sell more cars? You got to appraise more cars. I want you to consider if you sold 100 cars in the last month, you probably wrote up 200, which means you should have probably close to 200 appraisals, but you don't. You know, I know, I know. I guarantee you, you don't even have 100 appraisals. You probably don't have 80. So while your look to book may make you feel good that you took in 40 cars out of the 80 appraisals, you might want to ask, what happened to the other 120 appraisals? I guarantee you CarMax is all over that. 
you look at their quarterly results, nearly 400,000 of their cars that they sold and made money on, they bought right off the curb from people. And some of those were your customers. We can be doing that. We should be doing that. So it's time to make a change. Why? Because change is upon us. What a difference a year makes. A year ago, we had virtually no inventory. Today, you know, we have double the inventory. And the challenge is, guys, is that our inventory, while our inventory itself is up 95% over last year, our sales are only up 12 to 15%. The difference between that 95 and that 12 is costing you a lot of money in the form of floor plan. And here's something else. There is no time to wait. This, these are things we need to be doing right now. The great Scott Galloway, one of my favorite people to follow, is a professor out of NYU. You know the old statement, those who can do, those who can't teach. Scott Galloway can do both. He can teach big time, and he can absolutely get it done as well. Successful exit of a company, two books on the New York Times bestseller list, and just nothing short of brilliant. Was he said, it's surprising how long things take, and then shocking how fast they can happen. I've literally seen dealerships within the last 30 days that went from making good money to where their average new car gross or average used car gross or both are below zero. Their operating income has fallen by 100%. Their net profit has fallen through the floor while their expenses continue to march upward. So do nothing and you're probably not going to sleep that well tonight. Do something and it's going to fuel optimism or hope for better days, better times, and better results. Do the right things, and you probably are going to sleep like a baby, knowing that if not today, if not tomorrow, each day we're one step closer to not just having a very successful, profitable store, but we're going to have something even better than what we had from 2020 to 2022. I know profits were great, but they were temporary. There was an expiration date. The clock has struck 12 like Cinderella, and that's over. What's really exciting is what you'll create with those right decisions will be a sustainably successful, profitable organization that you, your clients, and your associates can count on for years to come, no matter what happens externally, because you were the force of nature. Your managers were the force of nature. Your associates or the force of nature. Collectively, you made it happen, not external. Wishing you all the best. Thanks for taking the time to join me. If you'd be so kind, share this out to somebody who you think might benefit from it. But otherwise, please subscribe, download, and by all means, feel free to leave a review. Thanks so much. See you next time on The David Spiesack Show. You've been listening to The David Spizak Show. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button and leave a rating wherever you're listening right now. I look forward to having you back in the room where it happens.